You are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. Welcome back to another episode, another edition of Keith Price's Curtain Call. And we're in our Black History Month special, our zone, if you will. And, you know, again, like I said, you know, folks on the stage are the, the ones that everyone comes to see, but it's the people that are behind the stage that are doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> Amen to <laughs> okay? that. They are doing all the heavy lifting. You don't Amen think this? You already that. heard from publicist, producer extraordinaire Miss Irene Gandhi this month, who is one of the hardest working women behind the scenes in theater. And today you are getting another treat, honey. I'm giving to you, and as we've discussed earlier, the Tony Award nominated costume designer. How about that, right? I like that. Tony Award nominating costume designer, <laughs> drama desk winning. Wait, I saw no. that you beat William Ivy Long. No, I don't. I don't. I've for, never for won. Me, for, not for Meet Vera Stark. Oh, that was the uh, Lucille. The Lucille Lortel. Doesn't matter. Some well, award with your <laughs> name on it. How you doing? <laughs> no, because William is really, really, really special. Exactly. To me. He's the bomb. But you know what? Um, William Ivy Long may be who he is, and we love him because yeah. again. You know, I, I, the magic of that is the, the art of costume designing. I see it with him, and I know that for you it's a really big pleasure. But, you know, this brother got his own thing going on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Tony Award nominated. I'm going to say it again. Tony Award nominated uh, costume designer uh, who has become a good friend for me to have in my corner. I love to see when um, Emilio Sosa is out and about doing what he needs to do. And, again, there is not a sequined... There is not a, a feather boa that is safe <laughs> when Emilio Sosa is in the room. How you doing, baby? <laughs> oh, wait, let, let me think about that one for a minute. Honey, within an inch of their lives. <laughs> I like glittery things. Of course, of course. How are you, baby? I'm well. Thank you very oh much. Oh my God, for thank me. you for coming. And again, you know. I love having people that I know that are doing things in the world, and I love—I just love talking to people, but it's really great when I know the person that's actually sitting across from me, and it's great to share what they do, not only for me, but it's great to share it with all of you that are listening. And Emilio, as I said before, is an award-winning costume designer. He has been working on the Broadway for a hot minute. Yeah. He has uh, lived a life as a fashion designer as well. He is doing all kinds of things, designing stuff for that Mariah Carey. He <laughs> defends to this day. He will I, defend her to this day. I will day. defend her to the end, <laughs> honestly. So what is it like to be working, doing something that for some people, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say all people, but for some people, seems like the most non-traditional thing to do because not only is my friend of color, but pero es un Latino también, okay? <laughs> Mr. Dominicano, and out there with his needle and thread, which is something that we don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's something that culturally we don't have as part of our identity, and for you to take it up and- Well, it and, depends. It depends. If I was making suits, there'll be no problem. Right. But when you're making gowns, mm -hmm. then it becomes an issue. <laughs> so because we're as Latinos, we're a little bit slow on that tip, right? <laughs> well, I, it's just I think it's I don't know if it's just Latino because it's it's masculinity, it's mm -hmm. gender roles. Right, you are assigned mm -hmm. very young, yeah. so they put parameters on what you can do and can't do, and usually those parameters come from their own limitations. 
they didn't get to do maybe things they wanted. So they don't understand someone maybe trying to push the envelope and, and really try to push for their dream. How do you do that? You just, I, I, how do you specifically? How do I do it? Yeah. You know, and I've always, and I was called a sissy at the age of five. Okay. And when you're five, you're just five. You're defenseless. You're defenseless. So for me, I, but I didn't let that re- deter me. I said I, was, I knew from a young age I was going to be an artist, and that's what I did. And it did not let it stop me. Wow. It did not stop me. Wow. I did not stop me. I mean, I'm sure I've heard less than what they said. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate that, I, that my parents really sheltered my brothers and I. Mm-hmm. Although we grew up in a very, in a very tumultuous time in mm-hmm. the South Bronx. Yeah. Where my brothers and I, young men of color, really could have gone left really quickly. Well, you, you were late 70s, early 80s. What period did you? God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For all of us. Yes. 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 <laughs> wow. Well, shit, he's hiding it better than me. How you doing, man? <laughs> no. No, I'm a little older than that, but. But, but but I think but the same yeah. traps that were there mm-hmm. then are here now. Right. Because some people, unfortunately, have not overcome their economic boundaries. And then after a while, it becomes a pathology of thought. Right. That affects your, your, actions. your actions. Yeah. So, but I just said, this is what I want to do. I, I don't know where I found the inner power. But yes, I do. Because you know what it is? When someone tells me that I can't do something or I'm not something... Mm-hmm. I want to just do it to prove them wrong. Wow. So I'm petty in that way. Okay. I want to be right. Are you, motivari- you motivated by being c- almost contrary, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah? You, okay. Fine. You, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. And then I always give myself, I always push myself. Right. I never just sit back and get comfortable. I always say, okay, this year you did this. Next year I want to push into another arena. I want to mm-hmm. do other things, try a different way of, Designing, I always push myself so I don't settle. How did you find that 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 inner strength for that moment? Did that just come from that one moment you just woke up and said "boom"? Or no, I think it's from years and years of exploring. I mean, you have to be able to, you know. I always say you got to be able to be willing to fall to stand up again. Right. You can't let the fall define you because then there's no, you, the standing up is what defines you. Exactly. You have to keep going. So if I didn't, at the beginning, like you said, I'm on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But if you look at my career, I've only really had four Broadway shows. Right. But I've been in New York my entire life. Like my first show was Susan Laurie Parks, speaking of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Susan Laurie Parks was the first woman of color to win the, the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Right. Top Dog Underdog. Top Dog right. Underdog. And that was my first show. Wow. But then that was in 2002. My next show wasn't until 2012. With Porgy and Bess. Porgy and Bess. So in those 10 years, uh-huh. I just learned the craft. Wow. So at 2002, you were already, you for you to get that first show, you were already on your way in certain. I, w- I was, but it was a different, in a different realm. Mm-hmm. I started my career in dance. Okay. I started my career as an assistant wardrobe supervisor for the Ailey Company oh, right out of school. Nice. So for two years, I traveled the world 
and learned about the magic of Mr. Ailey. And then I, I was fortunate enough to then work for Miss Jameson as wow. her Same designer. Yeah. Wow. So that's where my career started, started, uh-huh. was in Dan. So I already had those kind of credits right. before I met George Sewell. Also, I had also Spike kind of found me as well. Spike Lee? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I started working with Spike in the late 90s. He found me to do a lot of his, uh, he was doing a lot of advertising. Uh-huh. He had an advertising arm of his business. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of styling for his commercials. Wow. So. That's fabulous. Like, yeah. again, that is that is the part that people who, if they only saw you as just a costume right. designer and saw your Broadway credits and was like, oh, my God, I know this person, yeah. had no idea that that yeah. was going on. So, wow. So before I went to, before George Sewell found me mm-hmm. and discovered me, I had, you know, I had worked with Miss Jamison. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Holder was a mentor of mine by that point. Oh, wow. Spike had given me my first real job mm-hmm. in the industry. Spike was the first director who ever put me in front of a boardroom, and I had to sell my design. And that's something that you don't learn unless you do it. They don't teach wow. you that in school. Wow. You know, how to read a room, uh-huh. how to know when you're saying the wrong thing. and uh, move. <laughs> Try to move it away. <laughs> move it away. <laughs> you know, those are valuable lessons. Absolutely. And I made, and I made mistakes, mm-hmm. but he still supported me. That's and amazing. Yeah, yeah. That is a, and see, I didn't even know that yeah. about you. So how fabulous to have a film, basically film credit. Yeah. TV like, yeah, credit. I designed uh, his one. He did an independent film a right. couple of years ago. I forgot the name of it. Red Hook Summer. Red, with uh, Coleman Domingo. Yeah. Yes. I designed that for him. And was it Clark Peters that was Clark the Peters. Yes. He had everybody. That's the thing about Spike. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I always tell people. Whether you enjoy his work or not, that's subjective, that's right. arbitrary, that's your thing. But what you cannot take away from Spike is that through him, dozens and dozens and dozens of people of color, women, mm-hmm. minorities, whatever you want to call it, have gotten an intro into the business, either as an extra in a film, as an actor, working backstage, mm-hmm. backstage, I mean, working on set, yeah, on set. you know, then that's wow. where his legacy is. Because wow. he's real. Look at if you look at like I'm bro- on like I'm broader. On in Hollywood now, all mm. those designers who are working mm-hmm. costume designs, they all could be traced back to Spike, Ruth Carter, Rita McGee, who's do- Rita, uh, who's doing Empire. Wow! All of those come from from Spike. So, for you working in this industry as a costume designer, you're you're. You, as Emilio Sosa, are part of a very rare breed in that, you know, people like me are discovering you. And so discovering you years too late, it seems like, (laughs) because this bitch ain't that young. How you living? I thought she was younger. Coming in one to kind, but she's hard working. I've been around. That's the beauty of being around, but that's that's always been my style. Right. I I like to get the work. I like to do the work. Yeah. I'm not one of the ones who are out there... Flipping, you know, mm-hmm. running around. I'm not very social, though I do social things. Right. But I'm not very social, but I like to do the work. I feel like that seems to be the trait of most people that have the kind of, of work ethic that you do, is that you don't you don't have time for the sitting around and chit-chatting when you could be doing something else. Just like you're sitting here now, you're right. probably already thinking about seven different things that you already <laughs> got to do when, as soon as you walk out of here, right? Of course, but, <laughs> but that's the fun part. That's why we do this. Yeah. 
that's why at least that's why I got into the business or the business found me because I always said I didn't have a choice. Wow. It so just found me. So how how did it find you? Uh, it started in fashion. Mm-hmm. I think fashion was is always will be the seed that started my design career. Right. I just became a fashion kid really early. Mm-hmm. Uh, went high school fashion fashion. I went to Pratt. Oh yeah. I did fashion there. Yeah. You know, and that's when. But while I was, and I always tell a story, I was at Pratt studying fashion design, doing really well. Uh, one summer, uh, junior year, or junior and a half, because it took me a little longer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of partied that first year. See, because you got all the partying out. Oh That's why you God, don't party you now. To. Yes. I'm like, sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my junior and a half year. Uh, I got a job at a costume shop mm-hmm. by chance through a teacher at the school. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what costumes was. Right. I just needed a job because right. my dad was like, I don't care. No one mm-hmm. comes to this house. Mm-hmm. You're a man with the three boys. Mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, no, three men are not going to be sleeping on my couch. Hell no. My <laughs> father is just like, my father was from Honduras. Just yeah. the same. You yeah, will so not I be was up working at 14. We were working just Hunting, to get out the house. Sears and Roebuck, 16, yeah. putting together lawn furniture. Tell Tom me. Tom McCann selling shoes. <laughs> Selling shoes. Which is we like, <laughs> had a job at 16 yeah. at the max. That's yeah. that's as long as you were able to sit up at my father's house yeah. without having a gig. Yeah, and you still got to go to school and make good grades. Exactly. Wow. And that's what I think our kids are missing today. Yeah. But take us back to what mm-hmm. how we started. But uh, I needed a costume. I mean, I needed a job. I got a job at this costume shop being a shopper, mm-hmm. which basically is you go buy whatever they need. Right. You get a ring of manila cards mm-hmm. with... Uh, fabric stapled on it, mm-hmm. or it could be sewing needles, it could be trim, and they tell you what you need, you go and get it. Right. That was my job. I had nothing else to do because I had I knew I knew nothing of this world of theater. Right. This is Grace Costumes. Right. Grace Costumes at the time when I went there was the oldest costume shop in New York City. And it was started by two amazing, amazing sisters, mm-hmm. Grace Michelli and uh, Maria Brizzi. Mm-hmm. So Grace Costumes took me in, and then I started, I said, okay. Then I started watching what they were doing. And our namesake, Grace Michelli, Mm -hmm. was Karinskas, the famous costume designer, Karinskas, who did all the work for Balanchine. Wow. She was her intern and her mentor. Wow. In the 40s. Huh? You know, so this is a pedigree that I just fell wow. into that I had no idea was there. So for me, she was just the most amazing, sweetest lady who had the most delicate hand uh-huh. when it came to draping. So I was I would just sit at her table, which she allowed me to do, and just watch her drape for like two hours every night. And then one time, then I said, okay, I'm here. Let me just start helping around. So then I started sweeping mm-hmm. the shop just so I can stay there longer. Right. And before you knew it, I was just handing her pins mm-hmm. and just absorbing the history wow. of what costuming was. Wow. And that's how really I got into costuming. And then I met my first mentor, the great legendary Jeffrey Holder. And he took the uncola person for all of us. For those of us of a certain age, the (laughs) uncola. Oh my God! And live and let die, honey. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I was young. I was in my early twenties, 
Wait, and he was, wait, I'm not thinking director of The Wiz. He already had done The Wiz. Grace Costumes built The Wiz. So that's why Jeffrey was so <gasps> wow. connected to Grace and Maria. Grace and Maria also made all the all the dresses he would make for his wife, Carmen de, Val- mm-hmm. Carmen de la Valade. Mm-hmm. So I was in those fittings that he was creating for her. Wow. So he just took me under his wing, and I learned how to really, how to design from Jeffrey. Amazing. I learned the practical art of designing from Jeffrey, I learned how to speak, how to get an actor, speak to an actor. Mm-hmm. From Jeffrey, I learned that. And then I, it was refined, you know, fast forward 30 years. Then it was refined now with my relationship with Will and I Belong. Wow. So those are my bookends wow. as far as how I came into this business. What an amazing pedigree. That is Emilio Sosa with me here on The Curtain Call. And again, this is what I'm talking about. We're talking about like black history. I hope he taught right? <laughs> You know what I mean? This is about black history. So it's like there's there's that element of Let's rename it. Just call it history. our history. Our Hist- history. It's because, American history. Because it's our history. Because in theater, at least as a theater historian, yeah. when you those two names alone. Right, exactly. Like who gets that close to those two people having the it's same dreams that you do? It's special. I mean, I, like I said, this that's why I always say this was given to I was chosen for this. Because I was put in the right place at the right time and met the right people who saw something in me and gave me a step forward. But again, don't you, would you agree that a part of that is the sheer luck of sorts of right. meeting those people? But at the but same you got to do the work. You, you got to do, do the, the work. work, baby. You got to do the work. Wow. You got to do the work. Man. <laughs> but I mean, you go. That's you why can... I have done all that stuff before, and you didn't know who the hell I was. Right. I was doing the work. You were just working. I was just working. Wow. Ooh, Emilio. So, again, if you are wondering if you've ever seen any of Emilio's work, I can tell you for sure that if you are somebody that's come to New York and done a couple of these Radio City fantastic big spectaculars, that's his design. If you got to see Motown either here in New York or when it was on tour. It's on tour now. Again, we're in Los Los Angeles now for two weeks. See? So that means you can see that Diana Ross sparkly gown. Exactly. You can see that there. If you're in New York, you can see On Your Feet. That's right. Which is the Gloria Stefan story. If you're in London, you can see Motown on the West End, which is running and doing really well there. Mira que internacional, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. How fabulous. So now... As you look at that work that you just laid out, just for yourself, this is you know what Emilia got popping just this year. Yeah. Um, what do you, your family say about all of this now? Because, you know, I'm sure it was not very easy for them at the very beginning of all of this to be like, all right. You know what? But, I, but here's the thing. I think in the in the big scope of things, I, I'm sure I don't ask them what they think because we didn't Good. come from an environment that theater was part of our lives. Right. So. I've always had a job, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that my parents were always happy, that I was always able to support myself. And they had to come get you out of jail. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I went back home a couple of times to get back on my feet. Right. No pun intended. On my show at the marquee. Hello. <laughs> running. Shows a week. Hello. <laughs> Weekend schedule, summer. Woo, yeah. winter, woo. But I think that's what it is. But I think sometimes, but they do notice when... I do things, and it's in the news or in the media, right. and a friend of theirs will mention it to them. Mm-hmm. I see that it does. It definitely makes them proud, Good. and that brings joy to me because you know they sacrificed as an immigrant. They sacrificed right. their lives for the betterment of their kids. Exactly. So our job is to make it better for them and for those who are coming 
after us. Wow. That's Amelia Sosa with me here on The Curtain Call, and we're talking about his illustrious career <laughs> thus far as, a, you know, a Tony Award-nominated uh, costume designer, which, again, for those who count that as part of the checklist, that's an amazing accomplishment. But I think the f- mere fact that you were in an environment and in a place where when your name comes across the table, people actually can go, oh, yeah. That's really what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what yeah. it's about. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we should think about him. His, yeah. Oh, that's right. Amelia's, is he free? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what happens now. And now you're dealing with all these celebrities like, you know, Miss Mariah and them. It's like, when do you have time? When do you have time? For what? To, for, to, for, to, for answering all those phone calls. <laughs> There's always time. There's always time? There's always time. I never say no to a project. Do you keep, is it harder to keep it, hard. keep it as scheduled? Because, I mean, between if you're doing like a private design moment yeah. for someone else and then you're also being called to do something for theater, which is when you do something for theater, it requires a lot more of your time. Yeah. Because you have to be with that until the very end. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you're, you're at least, mm-hmm. at least for me, you're, sec- you're investing six months to a year right. on a show that comes to Broadway because, you know, very few shows just come to Broadway. Right. You know. Motown, we tried, <laughs> but I suggest that shows get developed because you never know what you're doing. You know what I mean? So, so when a sh- by the time a show comes to Broadway, mm-hmm. it probably had another life right. off Broadway mm-hmm. or regional. So right. for me, for a show for me to come to Broadway, I would have to catch it a year before on the planning stages right. at a regional theater in, in, let's say, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So that you can at least get an idea of what visual you're going to work with before you can Yeah, I mean, here. you have to... And work it develop, out. You have to work it out. And nothing, wow. like I said, really just comes to Broadway. So you have to do it somewhere else. Right. So every job is a year in the, the planning time. before it hits the stage. And, so. when you, and when you get that call as a designer or a costume designer for theater, when you get that call, do they say to you, we need you here for the auditions? Do you need to be a part of all of that process beforehand so that you can get an idea of how you're going to work your craft? It depends. Not or do you just show up when they say here you go? Not normally. It depends on the director because all my work comes from directors, right? And all my work, knock on wood, it's repeat clientele. Even better. Even better. And that's Even and that's better. how you really you have to build relationships. Right. Theater. I think any endeavor you do is about building relationships. Yeah. So and every director builds their teams. Right. You know, they have a, a costume designer that they enjoy working with mm-hmm. or a lighting guy that they like. Or a choreographer. Set lady. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, you work in teams. So you end up working with the same people all the time, mm-hmm. usually. But when I get a call from a new director, I always say yes. I don't care what it is because it's a new director. So it's, it's a new opportunity to create another relationship. relationship you know? So, again, <clears throat> you, just like our mutual friend, who you probably have heard her interview if you're lucky enough and you are subscribing to Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes. Yes, sir. Because you know how you throw that out there. <laughs> and you're also rating and reviewing because I got that earlier. I haven't been given that note out. Thanks, Chad. Um, that you have to build really great relationships to maintain a career. You have to. And it's a, and it's a lesson that, was, that I learned the hard way. <gasps> I mean, I do tell. You got to give me something. Give, give us something. Come on. Don't, you can change the names. No, I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> they even told me I was working, so you know who I'm talking You know what I mean? <laughs> so, can't change it. I'll give you initials. 
No, no, in the sense that uh, <laughs> it's about building relationships. And I came in, I, I was not, I wouldn't say that I'm cocky, that I came in cocky, mm-hmm. but I came in definitely with a voice. Right. Well, you knew who you I were. I know, who, yeah. And I didn't, in. but but you have, when you're coming into something new, you kind of have to learn a little about what you're doing before you can, you know, right. tell someone that why are they, I'm the custom designer. Yes. You don't need to question me. You don't question me. <laughs> you don't question me. Do you have a Tony nomination? <laughs> I don't think so. No, was, that's why it was way before that, baby. That's what I'm telling you. That's why I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. Woman. She, you, she was fierce at the beginning. Of they they <laughs> not, weren't ready for that, right? Yeah, no, now I'm, like, I'm humble as a lamb. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Before. Yeah. And that was just being, I guess, New York. I'm a New what, York you're guy. Young. You're young. You're eager. You think you know everything. Mm-hmm. That's when my mentors were able to step in and say, yeah. young man, you messed up bad. <laughs> but I'm not going to kick you out with the bathwater. I'm gonna. This is an Oprah teachable <laughs> moment for you, and you will look back at this. Yeah, and this will anchor you for the rest of your career. This bro. will anchor you. Yeah, you know, because it don't feel good right now, do shit. No, no, no. So, so maybe that was that ten year gap where I was. <laughs> maybe that was my ten year gap where I was roaming the country, learning my craft. Okay. You know, because I came in with credit as a costume designer in mm-hmm. dance. Right. Which, and f- and film and TV, it's different. Yep. Theater is a whole, how you approach it, mm-hmm. the, how, just how you maneuver the conversation. That's right. And the people that you're involved with. Because it's a, it's a bigger group of people when you think about it versus, like, the movies, because it's a very controlled well, thing. Well, film, there's a lot more people in film. Mm-hmm. So there's bigger, the umbrella. But in theater, you are working with, with the people a lot closer. Right. And you can't... It's not... You can't write. You can't run down, the, down 43rd Street. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to bump into somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired of walking up 6th <laughs> Avenue and having to double back. <laughs> Don't let me see me, please. I just got too tired. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You got to humble down, girl. Got to dial it down. Don't dial you know it, what? Dial it down. But but yeah. over the years, having having had that yeah. lesson, yeah. did you learn how to temper when you had to play that card? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dialing it down doesn't mean you don't stand up for yourself. Right. Dialing it down is that you are listen. You listen and respect the other person's opinion, even though it's wrong. <laughs> Right, it's only their opinion. I didn't say what's right. I said there because I am a costume designer. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, the director's the boss. The director's the boss. The director's the boss, and that's a lesson that you learn even early mm-hmm. in film, TV. The directors, it's a director's medium. Theater right. is a director's medium. Right, it's just his, like film. It's their vision that right. you're trying to support, and that's what I. And that's what I learned. I learned how to find my place in the team. Mm-hmm. And still have a voice. And that's what's important. And that is the reason why Emilio Sosa is now the successful working costume designer on Broadway. He's got an entire life, as I've told you before, of things that I didn't know about. And it's what's going to be coming forward for you. So what, what are you looking at for, for yourself for next? 
What's the next big thing for you? You know what I'm really into, and I and I think it started by doing working at Radio City. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in spectacle, mm. like large venue. You gonna get all events. Buzz with Berkeley on me? Yeah, like going? events. I'm interested in like venturing out in, in events. All right. You know, maybe site specific things, mm-hmm. things well, like that good. nature, just to like expand your view, my view. You know, but I'm always, but I will always, always have a show in New York, whether it's on Broadway or off-Broadway. I will always, always have something. I that's, love it. that's who I am. I'm you a New Yorker. stay connected to the theater? I stay connected. That's you know. the best. That's the best. So again, Amelia Sosa, thank you so much for hanging out with me. This was fabulous. Well, I didn't pleasure. know that all about you, all up in your biz like all that. All up in my, all up oh. in the Kool-Aid. Ew. <laughs> my friend dipping and dapping and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but again, Amelia Sosa is everywhere. Find him, you go to go to get you on Google. I don't have to tell y'all. No. Google, and you will see his fabulous work. Go to IBDB if you want to see his work that he's got on the Broadway. There's, there is so much to be had. And again, this is an opportunity for you if you're listening if you are somebody who likes a theater and you feel like you're not an actor, you're not a, a composer or a lyricist, you're not a, a, a writer, again, there is a place for you. If that is your skill and that is your talent, there's a place for you to be in the world of the theater, which I think is one of the things that I love about theater. It's almost like church. Like there's a room for everybody. There's, a, there's something that for you could everyone be doing. you could be doing. And so I appreciate that that's what you are doing, my friend. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so this much for great. having me. Oh, my God. Again, Amelia Sosa. <laughs> and we'll be back. Thank you.